0: Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. The UCLA... UCLA? Is that the school? <laughs> UCLA. The UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm joined by Tracy Pearson, hopefully more well-spoken than me. Hi, Dave. How's it going? I'm okay. How are you? You living your best life?
1: I am. I think the best that could possibly be conceived of given all the parameters. Yes. Oh, and you mean very, you
0: mean here in the end times? Here yes. in like the middle parts of the book of Revelation?
1: It kind of it kind of if 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 you were a devout Christian and you looked at it from a really Christian basis and perspective, you could maybe make the
0: case. I yeah. Think. Yeah, yeah. No, we just yeah. need like uh reign of locusts and stuff right well there were remember the um, oh the murder hornets that's right no the
1: murder hornets and the uh what the the cicadas are coming this year that's right the cicadas
0: cicadas and then um i think there were a bunch of locusts eating up east africa as well earlier this year
1: yeah cicadas every 17 years they come out of the ground that's cool
0: it's cool i would i always wanted to see a live tweeted book of revelation you know like in the social media (laughs) universe. Just, like, people making really dumb jokes about, oh, yeah, it's really raining blood out there now. Ha, ha.
1: <laughs> that is the way it would go down.
0: Yeah.
1: Everyone would um, be making jokes and memes and stuff on social media.
0: Well, Tracy, even with the world in chaos, one thing that remains solid, steady, always moving forward, UCLA football recruiting.
1: Yes, Yes. How was uh, that
0: for a deeply sarcastic great. segue?
1: That was a nice, that was a very excellent, excellent segue. You like that uh, one? I, I, there's a lot to talk about, just not... Uh, rec- I, I think we should maybe start off just a little bit about, since we were talking about the end of days and locusts and things, Um. you brought it up about uh, Alabama.
0: Uh-huh the yes go ahead yeah so um earlier today it was reported that uh five alabama players upon returning to campus for voluntary workouts uh tested positive for the coronavirus um and this the positive test came after they had already spent essentially some time in an on-field team meeting with 50 other players or 50 total players i'm not sure if it was 45 other players or 50 total um but that might mean that uh, all 50 of those players may have to go into quarantine at some level here uh, Well, soon. first
1: off, if there's one program that could um, have to do without five players because of quarantine, it might be Alabama, right? I mean, they could probably still win the Pac-12 if 25 of their players didn't have to play?
0: I mean, they could win the Pac-12 with 11 players. Uh, the <laughs> SEC, they'd probably require 50.
1: Okay, there you go. Um, So wait, they all came back. They -hmm. all just reported back. They hadn't started practice or, I mean, any kind of on-field workout activity. They just showed up. They Wait, they took a test, and then they all went for a meeting, and then five of them, the test results came back?
0: Is that how it worked? My understanding is they were tested on Tuesday. They had the meeting on Wednesday, but the results didn't come back until today. So going to need more rapid testing than that for sure if this is going to be in any way effective during the season but this is i think interesting as a test case right um what will alabama do now what's the procedure for dealing with this do you keep all 50 in quarantine for x number of days um how long does it take before a test will be accurate Um, If you did get it, um, all these different things are going to be kind of tested in real time now um, with these different schools reporting back. And they weren't the only ones. I think Iowa State had one or two positives this week. A couple other schools had one or two, um, but Bama obviously being the notable name um, because it's Bama. Um, But this is going to be something that if we're already seeing that here in June, I mean, it's going to be. I mean, that's going to be an ongoing issue if, if, and when the season, um, kind of gets into full swing and fall camps are going to be really interesting because it's one thing to quarantine and just, you know, basically say, ah, no worries about the voluntary workouts, but what about when it gets into, you know, fall camp where it's real real preparation for the season and then real game prep for the last week and a half or so. Um, yeah, it will be different. Yeah,
1: they, they hadn't even, <laughs> I'm reading it now. Um, they were their phased approach was beginning um, June eighth, so they haven't even really begun activities. And so now, what do you do? You've got five of fifty. You got to quarantine the fifty, and now you got to test the fifty and 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 trace the fifty.
0: Yeah. Right? So they have to. So if they're tracking and tracing their contacts, they've got to go back and look at the first, the five who actually tested positive already, look at their families and, you know, see if any of them have it, but also like what other students have they interacted with, all that kind of stuff. And then if any of the 50 test positive, I'm assuming they'll test them several times over the next week or so. Because again, I'm not sure if you got it one day, I don't know if you're going to test positive the next. Um, I, I don't know if the, the, tests themselves require some sort of period between when you get it transmitted to you and when you actually present anything for the test. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it could be several days to weeks, um, before they even know if those 50 have it or not. Uh, um, do,
1: do we think, do we think, I mean, this is, this is a good little example of just trying to get it Mounted just to begin with. I mean, do we really think this is going to work? (laughs)
0: Um, so I think it's going to, it's going to depend on, um, it's not so much whether guys are getting infected or not. I think it's going to have to deal with all the key stakeholders, their appetites for this thing. Um, are they going to be able to handle, um, all these disruptions first, but also there's going to be a human cost to this. Um, At some point, if enough college athletes get it, somebody's going to get it seriously, at least one somebody, maybe several somebodies. I mean, a one in whatever 400, 500 chance of getting it seriously at that age or or dying at that age, I think it's more likely, um, that still presents as very likely that it happens over the broad scope of college football. Um, couldn't? Couldn't?
1: I thought of this this week, and I know it's stupid and ridiculous, but couldn't we have a version of like Madden College Football where they build this really fast, and every player con- controls his own his own player, and he's downloaded with all his own talents and the whole thing, and no, and then I, we, I we all play it virtually. Movies.
0: I think there are several movies um, about very very similar things, right. Beginning with Surf Ninjas, I want to say where they oh, yeah. download a video game and then they are the ninjas in the video game.
1: AFI top hundred movie of
0: all time, beautiful movie, love it. <laughs> that was one of my uh, one of my go tos when I was six. Um, so I guess, um, yeah, I guess I'm skeptical. Um, I I think there's going to be a lot of people who really gung ho about it for a long time, and then a couple like uh, this. hopefully is not going to be serious hopefully five kids have it they barely even knew they had it and then nobody else gets it seriously from alabama but just playing the percentages playing the odds 100 ish guys on each team times what 130 fbs teams times x number of fcs teams i mean go down the list the percentages aren't great if it's going to get transmitted you know, if already five guys on Alabama have it, and they transmitted it to X number of their fifty compatriots, and play it out over the course of the next three or four months of of, of voluntary workouts, I almost call them involuntary workouts because that's truly what they are. Um, and then into fall camp, you're going to have pretty high transmission, I would imagine, among these teams. And then where do you go from there? Uh, because... I, th- I
1: think the only way to do it seriously, <laughs> I mean, we might we might get some kind of college football season, but. You just gotta send every single team into Arizona, just like what they were gonna do with with baseball. I just don't and, think you can do
0: that. I don't think you can do that at the college level. I think there would be. Oh so no, much... I know you can't. Yeah. but I'm
1: saying that's the only way you could do it. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's
0: what I'm. That's the thing is like I don't. I don't think there's another way. I think you could almost pull that for. No, you couldn't. I, I don't think there's a single college sport you could pull it for. I was gonna say basketball, but even then, no, it doesn't make sense. Um, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be weird if it takes place. And the fact that this is already, (laughs) it's already seeming like a, a, a real tough issue to crack here in early June. Like, I don't know how you're going to have the voluntary workouts you need. And then say this exact same situation presents itself in July when people are starting their, you know, fall camps how are you gonna have a fall camp if say 50 guys have to be quarantined for two weeks
1: well here are a few other things too i think um whether there's going to be any kind of corruption or or cover-up about reporting is there are
0: there are certain if bama didn't cheat on this one well no initially one's going to cheat.
1: and how do you know it could be it could be 20 of them
0: Yeah, but five sounds like a lot to me.
1: (laughs) Maybe they just said, let's just go with five. That's low. That sounds manageable. And then on top of it, here's the other thing, too. Uh, They're young men. They're in their 20s. They're healthy. They probably were asymptomatic. I think there's possibly going to be an opinion that, hey, they have it, but they're all going to play. There's so little chance. It's like playing with the flu. There's such little chance of, of so, a college football player dying from it until a college football player dies from it.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is – I mean, I, I've known players with asthma who just manage it really, really well, but they have asthma, um, you know, or ones that have heart. Con- how many times just at UCLA alone has there been a guy who they find out through some physical, like one or two years in, oh, he's got an undiagnosed heart condition? Right. Um, that kind of and stuff then- happens
1: all the time. And then when one player and I hate this sounds this sounds bleak, but then when one player probably possibly dies from it, then I mean we're getting into really like bizarre like movie kind of premises. <laughs> yep. Then then everyone else starts saying, Well, look across the country. There have been a couple of deaths in all of in all of Division One Two Three College football this year. So what's the difference? I mean, I can just hear I can hear it of people who want to play this season so badly. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not for or against, I'm not coming down on either side. I'm just saying what you could anticipate happening.
0: Yeah. I think there is, there's some element where we've let this thing go down far enough at this point that the likelihood that um, we're just going to let it go, seems higher. You know, that we're just going to accept this as a, you know, a new seasonal illness or whatever that's somewhat more deadly than the flu. Um, And that might be the tack that everyone takes, because the flu doesn't kill any college athletes every year. This thing might kill one or two. Um, And we might just say societally, okay, that's acceptable. But that's going to be a conversation. And I could see in this year one where everything is kind of topsy turvy The ramifications of these things still are unknown. I could see people opting on the side of security and, and, you know, being cautious still. um, If things got weird and bad really quick, you know, if it's and it sounds like they're already getting weird that Alabama has five kids who have it. Um, So it's going to be something to monitor. This is the kind of thing we were talking about when we spoke last, where it's just we don't you just don't know how they're going to manage it once, you know the poop hits the fan, so to speak. Um,
1: So between the years 2000 and 2016, 33 NCAA football players died. Six were from traumatic.
0: Between uh, what year and what year? Sorry.
1: 2000 and 2016.
0: Okay. In 16 years, 33 died. So two, two a year. Got it. And is that just football? Uh, That was just football. Most of them were traumatic caused
1: by, you know, injuries by collisions, but some were non, the most were non-traumatic. Um, the results of like exercise or, uh, uh, accompanying condition. <sighs>
0: yeah. Well, and that's another thing is like, so say, I don't know. So look at Bama's testing pattern because, so if that was, if that's going to be typical where the tests don't come back quickly, it takes one or two days. Then if you test guys on Tuesday and you work them out on Wednesday and you work them out hard, like as happens in fall camp, uh, you know, you you see where I'm going with that. Like if you're working out guys with respiratory issues hard or ones who have underlying lung conditions that maybe they're asymptomatic, but there is still a respiratory issue that they're maybe not paying attention to. It's just, it's an increase of risk. And I, Again, we might just accept it as this is acceptable, and we're just gonna live with it and going forward, we will, but this first year, it might just get weird um and I could see a lot of a lot of organizations going for the risk management angle
1: you know it was really interesting since we're kind of you know going deeply into covid nineteen um yesterday, there was some semi uh, semi big headline that got buried then... I mean, Uh, Amid all the um, social unrest was Dr. Fauci came out and said he's expecting 100 million vaccines by November and then another 200 million by January. Not saying that they would actually work, mind you, but he I mean, I trust I trust Tony. You know, I kind of do. So the fact that it was kind of a hopeful little thing he said yesterday was was pretty encouraging. Um, but I just wanted to throw that in because I think a lot of people miss that.
0: Yeah. So it. the way they're doing it, um, to kind of speed up the process is I think they of they've started to manufacture vaccines before knowing if they're going to work. Um, and so, cause that's the only way apparently to really do it where you would get it quickly enough is to right. manufacture kind of a few of the different vaccines that are in testing phases and then see if it'll come out. So I think what he was saying was essentially a factual statement. We will have a bunch of these vaccines. We still don't know if they're going to be safe and reliable. Um,
1: I think he elaborated that he because it's an unprecedented move on the for the health industry to do this. I mean, there's something like upwards of 120 vaccines somewhere in a testing testing phase. So he was being hopeful that while he's not sure one would work. He, he kind of alluded to the fact that the fact that there was so many going through a testing phase that one would.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the hope. Um, he's uh, yeah. And the question is whether it's going to be, is it going to be like our flu vaccine or is it going to be like a polio vaccine? You know, is it going to be something that makes it so you don't get this or is it going to be something that reduces your chances of getting it? Um, And that'll be another thing that's a factor in this whole conversation. Um, And that's even if, you know, if, you know, people can start getting it in November, which still seems kind of far out there to me, but um, certainly more hopeful than it was.
1: And then just the proliferation of spreading it because of all the social unrest. I mean, there are a lot of people out there in the streets who are protesting that are not practicing social distancing or wearing masks there's actually quite a few that are wearing masks which is is a little bit encouraging but they're just right on top of each other can
0: i tell you a thing that contributes to respiratory issues tracy respiratory issues or i mean uh, of
1: contamination and spreading of covid
0: yeah can i can i can i tell you one thing that doesn't help with any of that uh tear gassing people
1: yeah yeah yeah. Or yelling, or yelling. Yelling is as bad as sneezing or coughing.
0: Is it as bad as tear gassing people?
1: You know, yelling is... <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, so that's... Uh, it's All this stuff is going to be interesting. And frankly, college athletes, a lot of them young, a lot of those dudes are in protest right now. Like, a lot of yeah. them are doing that. Um, because that's... The, the key demo in all this stuff is being young. Um, basically, anytime there's social unrest, it's being young. Um, and in this particular instance, being black, which um, with college basketball and college football, that's, you know, it's majority black sports. Um, I would have to imagine a lot of these kids are participating in these protests. So, right. yeah, I mean, I think the transmission is going to be Probably higher among those groups for a lot of demo reasons, first of all, but also um, the simple fact they might be participating in more group activities right now.
1: You know, another thing I'm probably stepping into it, but uh, there's a little controversy this week when Chip Kelly released that tweet where he added Martin Luther King quote. Yeah, um, that it, and rightfully so. So many people came out, not necessarily calling out. But just kind of pointing to the fact that it just isn't appropriate from from his standpoint to be doing. Oh, not that it's even inappropriate. It, it's hard to say that. You uh, let's do this. Compare it to what Mick Cronin did. If you listened, if you listened to Mick or you heard his comments about how you never want to come from a standpoint as a white coach that you understand the experience of a of a black athlete. And Mick had just the right kind of message, the right balance. Um, and Chip by releasing a statement and not talking about it, what well, that was really tough to get that to get that across. I didn't
0: I didn't find that to be the primary issue. I think there were plenty of coaches who just released statements who did a pretty good job of it, and plenty of white coaches who just released statements and did a pretty good job of it. Um, Nick Rolovich I thought did a good job. Um, It was discursive as it often is with Rolovich, but I thought he spoke from the heart or wrote from the heart in this instance and also acknowledged a few things. The issue with Chip's statement is that it was, it was so obviously an attempt to go middle of the road um, and it was released at a time when the looting story had become kind of paramount in the conversation rather than the initial thing. So in his statement, if you go back and look at it, Nowhere does it reference murder. Nowhere does it reference a killing. Nowhere does it reference George Floyd's name. Nowhere does it reference any of that. It's just destruction. That is the only specific word used for what is actually going on. Um, Destruction, if you're being very, very generous in your understanding of definitions, you might say that includes the death of George, George Floyd and, you know, countless other black Americans, but it, but really it doesn't. Destruction includes the looting and that's, really what that reference is so um i found his statement very lacking because it didn't actually address what's the cause of all of this um what is actually happening where and this isn't just me you know talking as a you know hardcore left winger if you look at any other coaches you you i know i know but like i'm just comparing apples to apples go look at what clay helton said um references george floyd's names references racial discrimination references police brutality Like. All this stuff was referenced by so many other coaches, and I thought it was a huge miss from Chip Kelly. Huge miss. Um, well, here,
1: here's the other thing too, Dave. You're Like we've always said, winning solves everything. If you're 7-17, seven and 17, there's going to be some kind of ill will, bad feelings, plus he ran off so many players. Yeah. And on our board, people were talking about, you know, is Chip Kelly racist against black players and In my experience, I have no idea about when he was at the Philadelphia Eagles because there were some things that followed him from there. At UCLA, I have no evidence that he is. What I do have evidence is he discriminates against more as (laughs) players. So he wanted – we've talked about this, we've written about this, that he did not give them a fair shake. So when you're doing that and you're 7-17, and there's going to be a lot of ill will. And to maybe not anticipate that if you put this statement out that there's going to be a reaction was was kind of tone deaf. It's
0: just an own goal. Um, I, I I think the conversation about whether X person is a racist is kind of irrelevant, um, mostly just because I, I'm kind of a proponent of the Avenue Q song. You know, everyone's a little bit racist. Um, it's. It's a systemic issue. Um, that was is a nasty play. <laughs> it's really that nasty. Is, and honestly, the rest of that the rest play. of that song is pretty horrible. But I, the, you know, the chorus. Um, but... Hold
1: your idea. I just got to talk about. It. I went to it in in front of me with these two elderly people, and they had no idea what the play was about. If you all don't know, it's just a nasty puppet play.
0: It's a right? really, really like nasty puppet play. And I don't honestly, I haven't seen it in like. I haven't listened to any of the songs in probably like eight or nine years. I don't know if it aged well.
1: No. And the puppets are doing it on stage and there's all these references and (laughs) these two elderly people in front of us who can't hear very well. And the husband turned to the wife and said what did she say? And the wife just said, she said really loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you just, you had to watch puppets copulate on stage.
0: It's not, it's not great. You're not. It's not
1: entertainment it. for me. No. Um, okay, okay. But anyway,
0: the, the Chip Kelly thing, whether he's racist or not, like I don't, I don't know. And it's not worth it to get into that conversation. What he said first to make it newsworthy. Cause I think some people are questioning why Bolch wrote a story about it for one. Um like from the angle of the players um former players, several of whom um really didn 't like the statement and made allusions not to him being a racist but kind of not acknowledging their plight I think would be right. the best way to describe it um and the thing is you 're at u c l a um i and not to like hold u c l a up but you're not at some random Midwestern school or whatever you're at UCLA. This is, a. Uh, I I mean, as far as like leaders and social justice and all that kind of stuff, I mean, that's the history of UCLA. Somebody at UCLA could have helped you write a better statement. Ethan Young right. could have helped you write a better statement. Or just,
1: he... or just taken a moment and and thought, okay, so, uh, what's kind of some impressions out there of Chip, and how could this go?
0: What's my how role could the here? reactions go south? What's my role here? Wh- what am I supposed to be talking about right now? Because I'm was... not even
1: saying that. I, I, his role is probably to say something, but it was just not anticipating what the who the audience is and their mindset when they read it.
0: But also, I mean, he's so he is the coach of a majority black team, or I'm pretty close. Pretty sure it's close to majority black. Um, what is your role doing that? Like, you've got to make a statement, but can that statement really not include the fundamental issue that's causing all of this? Um, and so I, I I was just,
1: even if he had Dave, the players are saying, well, what, you know, what, where are you coming from that you could say this? Even if he had gone further, it might've been worse. I don't. I, mean, I.
0: I don't think any blowback was happening to any other white coaches who actually nailed the statements
1: because they were. There aren't too many guy. There aren't too many of the coaches who ran off. Forty five. Sco- not ran off.
0: Agreed. And I think there's maybe maybe some of that would happen regardless. Maybe it would have just been a different tone where it's like, well, how can you say this when you did X? And sure, that might have happened too. But um, before uh, any, hey, I play- want
1: to take back the saying "ran off." He didn't necessarily run everyone off, but I, I've come out and I've said it before that I don't think he gave a fair shake to a lot of Morris players. There were some that absolutely probably needed to be shown the door, and there were others that weren't given much of a chance to make it in Chip Kelly's program.
0: Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I, I would just say – um they might have found a reason to pick holes in it, but I don't know if everyone else would have because there were fans. There was me. There were various other people who found it lacking. Um, so I I don't know. Um, okay. I think it was an own goal. I don't think he I don't know what went on there. I don't know if he wrote it himself, if he worked with anybody else to write it. Um, but that, that was not not very uh, not very aware Okay,
1: so let's segue into
0: Something he's aware about
1: A lot more uplifting (laughs) No, actually, probably some things that Where their program is unaware And that's quarterback recruiting This week um, Miller Moss, UCLA's number one Quarterback target in the 2021 class Chose USC over UCLA uh, Last week Whenever. Um, And while it's really easy to talk in hindsight, I think, um, I don't think it's that hard (laughs) to maybe second guess this. Uh, Because I can tell you kind of how this really went down. Um, You know, they started to look for 2021 quarterbacks last summer when they were scouting them. Uh, They had a number on their Uh, board that they were going to check out They came out with really offers locally from Miller Moss and, uh, Kajaya Halloween. Uh, those main two were the local guys. Uh, I know Chip Kelly, let's say for instance, Deacon Hill, the prospect from Santa Barbara, who's verbally committed, committed to Wisconsin. He showed him a lot of attention. He watched him at his own camp at UCLA. He watched him at the Cal Lou camp. Um, I mean, I was there at the Calu camp. Jake Garcia was over in one group and every single college coaches there watching him. Chip Kelly wasn't by himself, but almost in another group watching Deacon Hill. And it was obvious that's who he was watching. So he gave him a pretty good, you know, thorough evaluation. At that point, now, if you're talking about evaluating, um, Miller Moss, in my opinion, is a solid prospect, but he has some limitations, and I've 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 written about them before. He's probably about six one, maybe. Um, he has a he has a good arm. He's got a really nice delivery uh, delivery, almost flawless, pretty accurate in his throws. Uh, but he's received a lot of hype. He's been he's been kind of a well hyped uh, prospect for a while. He's he's you know a steve clarkson kid um so he's gotten a lot of publicity uh he was a four he's a four star guy in 24 7 sports um and then if you came out and you didn't know about any of the hype or any of the ranking and you had seen deacon hill uh deacon hill about 6 4 he doesn't have a great body um uh he's a little schlumpy <laughs> uh like a Dan Fouts, if you could see Dan Fouts as a young man, right? But he's six four. He's probably he's he listed at two forty. His body has gotten better in the last year, but he has an absolute cannon for an arm, and he can get balls into tight spice, and top, that, tight spaces.
0: He can do what he's, now?
1: Uh, yeah, I know. He's accurate. He's he's just a really good natural passer. If you're talking about who might project who has a higher ceiling, it, it would be arguable at that point. And then here's the other thing, like what I brought up in my story today about scouting and rankings, UCLA's potential quarterback targets. If you would have offered Deacon Hill, then he would have committed. You knew if you were going to make a run at Miller Moss, it was going to be a long haul, and you were going to compete with some of the better programs in the country. You were going to spend a lot of time, money, and you were going to take away a lot of the energy that you had to recruit other, not just quarterbacks, but other players that you'd put into recruiting him. If let's say the season didn't, you would always be, you would always be at risk that you might lose Miller Moss, even if he verbally committed to you, because that's the nature of that, of his recruitment. Deacon Hill would probably have been committed to UCLA regardless. He has three sisters, who are either currently at UCLA or had been playing water polo, I think maybe one even coached. Um, it's arguable who would have been the better take uh, last summer. Given everything from a UCLA-centric standpoint, what would have been the better offer and the better take? Um, and then on top of it, UCLA it, it wants two quarterbacks in the 2021 class. And it overall hasn't been doing that much recruiting of a second quarterback. It's, it's had a few offers out, but so many of the other guys that it offered just have committed elsewhere. Um, UCLA has one, two, three, four, five, nine offers out and five guys have all committed elsewhere. And one other isn't really even interested in UCLA. So it comes down to Halloween and, and, Taz Bullock from New Jersey are the two guys that are left. They haven't been doing – if you're going for two quarterbacks, you needed to keep offering guys and you needed to keep recruiting them. You needed to really stay on Halloween really aggressively. But it seems like they could only kind of focus on one guy at a time, mostly. Um, I think they should feel really fortunate that Halloween didn't say, wow, all I'm hearing is all this hype that UCLA is going so strong after Miller Moss – and he didn't say you know screw this i'm i'm committing elsewhere maybe the pandemic helped
0: in the lockdown is there something in the water at ucla where they just can't no matter what staff is in there they just cannot manage the quarterback situation they can't no, manage there's nothing it.
1: there's nothing endemic to ucla but i can tell you how many steps out there have singles, we seen
0: just like seamlessly right. pivot to a second option and it seems like ucla can never do that, at that you, position. i
1: wrote about i wrote about it in ucla's recruiting and it's overachieving in recruiting i think ucla coaches can get a little lazy well, all coaches are lazy about recruiting but uh they're looking for ways not to recruit someone because they don't like it UCLA, you can start thinking, hey, we can, you know, we can win eight games and we'll be a top 15. We'll get a top 15 class. I think they can get lazy. They'll think, let's just get our guy and then we'll find the second guy. I I literally feel that that's a big element of it from staff to staff. There's nothing that they're drinking in the water at the Morgan Center, Dave. So, wow, I think this is. We haven't talked that much about it. It hasn't been discussed on the f- f- forum that much. Chip Kelly put in a big effort to get Miller Moss. He really did. He recruited him hard, um, but he failed. He, he, he didn't get him. And right now, having not, uh, not brought in... Uh, missing last year when they needed two quarterbacks and they brought in one, bringing in Chase Griffin in 2019 when they wanted to and they only brought him in, quarterback that doesn't look like he's going to be able to play at UCLA's level. How many coaches have we said this about, Dave? You could trace it back their ultimate demise to their quarterback recruiting. (laughs) Because it's, I think it's a real, it's a real miss, they miscalculated and they kind of really, they, they blew it here. And, for one, it's just kind of not even going after a, enough quarterbacks who would be able to play the position and then the position being so hard to find a guy who would be able to do it. It's there's a lot of things there's a lot of things that are not right I think with quarterback recruiting and you'd have to want to see them offer some guys pretty quickly here. And go all in on recruiting a number of guys aggressively
0: That would be go. nice Yeah Yeah
1: Um but like uh, this is this is kind of the thing that I they after they missed on Miller Moss they kind of pivoted to Taj Bullock The quarterback from New Jersey who is a four star who I personally think is a little bit overrated and I know a lot of people who have seen him multiple times, and they absolutely—I'm being mild—compared to what they say, he's six-three, two-twenty. He's a big kid. He looks looks kind of older, physically developed, strong, but doesn't throw a great ball. He's a dual—he's a dual threat guy who likes to run, isn't doesn't have a great natural throwing motion, and I don't think that's a good fit. I don't know about you, Tracy, but I want to
0: go—I want to go three thousand miles across the country to get that.
1: Wow! Imagine if too—that's another element I brought up in this. How many times have we seen an out-of-state player who commits to UCLA who doesn't win the spot or something happens and he goes and he you know bounces and back? And that's just
0: player quarterback. Sorry. Quarterback is the position where that's accepted. Like that's the expected result. Um, when you occasionally get a guy who's just willing to back up, that's great. Um, but the likelihood of that also being the kid from New Jersey seems extremely slim
1: yeah now if they offer deacon hill and they can flip him from wisconsin i mean you know we've heard that there could be a chance of that i don't it might be people who are kind of close to the recruiting world that are just speculating at this point point. and they could bring in Halloween and they get a two man class like that that would be that would ultimately be very impressive you'd have a guy who's got a big, accurate arm, I think you could execute the position that Kelly, how he wants it to execute. Then you got an upside guy like Halloween who those two guys have the strongest arms in the West. You would be getting the two guys with the strongest arms, and Holloway is a dual threat who can run while he has the strongest arm. That would be a complete win if you could get both of those guys. So he, there's, he there's has a chance. Jam-
0: He also has a tremendous last name, because every time I hear it, I want to say, I don't know, that should be Holloway, but it's Hollowayne.
1: Yeah. That is so good. All the way around. It's a great name. Yeah.
0: So, wow. Deacon Hill is not, like, that's no joke either. Like, that's a really good name, too.
1: Well, and his name, actually, which we should say, is because he is uh, part Polynesian. So, it's Deacon... P.E.A. Hill. P.E. apostrophe A. Hill. We okay. just don't have it that way. We don't have it that way in the 24-7 uh, database for whatever reason. So Can we when go inside I...
0: baseball for a second? Why do apostrophes <laughs> not really work on the 24-7 database?
1: Um, so you, you're asking me that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: It is one of my biggest daily frustrations. Yeah. yeah. Easily. Just not that. There's uh, uh, J-Max Jacobson.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, two names, that's not going to work for you either. <sighs> yeah.
1: I Nothing against J-Max personally at all. Actually, but you'd, like it, an...
0: you'd like it if you would just combine those first two. You could just be J-Max.
1: I would, I would pay him money. Yeah. Especially if he becomes a really good player at UCLA, and I have to type that a lot, and it's not going to find it on its own. Yeah.
0: Uh-uh. I'm taking everyone so far inside baseball. I'm like I'm talking about dynamics in our CMS, everyone. Like yes. Literally, our content management system. What's
1: there? You go. I was going to say, what's the CMS, Dave? Yeah.
0: No, I'm I'm um, giv- I'm giving it to the people straight right now. I'm giving them the uncut. Kaimi Fairburn. No, uh, um, that was a bad uh, one. That was a real was, bad one. And yeah. and if you if anybody if any eagle-eyed people out there, like why. Sometimes we just give up and we start typing the names that are like abbreviations as like KJ Costello. We don't put the K dot J dot. It's because it won't pick it up. My That's-
1: class my one of my most favorite things was that it has become so it has become so common that everyone who's doing these who's doing reporting, they are all of the they have the common experience that it's their CMSs are not picking up those periods it's getting to the point where i've actually heard reporters turn to a kid and say hey you don't mind if i just you know is your name kj with periods or kj is it like kj and without the periods and every kid i've heard i've heard this like three times and the kid will go oh it's cool man either way so that gives them the green light to where they don't have to type the periods and they don't run into that
0: problem so So
1: we are changing young men's we're changing
0: their names yeah their names not their lives we're we're like a very very low-key ellis island right here
1: yeah there was uh i remember someone asked jj molson that a media member asked him is it jj with periods or is and jj said either way
0: yeah and you know what we picked away we picked away um okay well that was fun that was a fun little digression and actually
1: i just looked him up in on ucla's roster it's jj without
0: periods so there you go we've changed the game here at 24 7 sports um because xavier
1: suafilo oh my gosh
0: that was a tough one that was a tough Tough, hyphen tough tough pill to swallow
1: (laughs) a double whammy xavier you're killing me
0: okay okay Sorry, we've got some trauma if, <laughs> if you can't tell. Um, okay, so that's quarterback recruiting. What
1: People love
0: to hear behind
1: the scenes. They're think... so much yeah, into the trauma. Sure. I'm of sure. It. They are. I well. love
0: that one guy last week who was like, could these guys just like not, could they just shut up? That was basically his review of our podcast from last week on the board. Are was you great.
1: ours or. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the POC. I thought you get that No, more. well
0: that's usually the one where they tell us to shut up. This one. Oh. Yeah. No, it was great. Where
1: did someone tell us to shut up? I didn't see On it. On
0: our very own message board, Tracy.
1: <gasps> what did they say, Dave? I didn't notice. I,
0: I honestly can't remember. I was So now to because I'm saying this, way. we're going
1: to get a bunch of people to say shut up.
0: Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um okay. We talked so, football recruiting. What was the other thing we were going to talk about, Tracy? Basketball um, recruiting?
1: A lot of different things. Um, well, first off, I mean, just to finish off football recruiting, uh, there are a couple of booms hanging out there,
0: right? A boom hanging?
1: It's it's a it's, it's a hanging hangin boom. It's a hanging boom. It's like a it's like a hanging Chad. Mm-hmm. Um, UCLA is seven and seventeen. You would say you can say safely. I think both pe- people on both sides of the fence would say, you know, UCLA hasn't really recruited that well under Chip Kelly. But I wrote that story about how UCLA overachieves in recruiting given its uh, performance on the field. If you count those booms, UCLA will be ahead of Washington with the same amount of players in its recruiting class, will be ranked higher. And this is is a program that doesn't care about stars. So, wow, UCLA, don't you just want to see – I mean, I could say it one day before I die, but Dave, I think it's realistic for you to say it too, that UCLA actually, like, you want to see what UCLA recruiting would be like with a consistently winning program. Like, I
0: don't care about the recruiting. Yes, you I, I, do. It's a, pre, it's, a, it's, a, it's a preamble, and it's that's the thing that's, like, necessary to get the other stuff, but you need to have a good coach who's going to win games on the field because right now I look at seven and seventeen with Chip Kelly. He could be doing that with Jim Morris' twenty thirteen squad, which was just stacked to the gills with talent, and he would have gone six and six. Like,
1: okay, I get that. I get that. You're going into. Yeah. I'm just saying, singularly, wouldn't you like to see Jim Morris recruited today? well?
0: It was great. He, went, he like He had like first. a top four class in twenty thirteen. Right. It was imagine great.
1: if you wanted. At even a higher level, like you won the Pac-12, and you okay. had like five winning seasons in a row. What did the, like the last What did the last number one like?
0: had the last number one class for UCLA turn out? Was that I '98? <laughs> I just want to see. Those. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dave, stop talking about player development. I wrote a story on that too. Stop talking about player development, Dave. I'm just
0: talking about recruiting classes. No, this is the, like the this is, is like that story. So much that, than no, reality, this is Dave. this is like that story you wrote uh-huh. like a couple of weeks ago where you were like, "Oh man, they're the 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 underachiever or no overachiever in recruiting." And I'm like, "Man, I sure, but I don't care about that. I don't care if they're winning recruiting titles. Who cares? I do. I know you do.
1: This is everyone your everyone does. Everyone who reads this site, they all do." I hey, guess. listen, listen, this is the thing you need to learn about human nature. People want to believe in the future more than they care about reality.
0: You know what would make me believe in the future, Tracy? Is if Chip <laughs> Kelly had gone something other than 7 and 17 through two years.
1: Just seven wins last year. And <laughs> probably, uh, seven. Seven. Yeah,
0: instead of four. Instead of four, if it had been a bigger number than that, even like, say, a six— I would probably be a little bit more optimistic right now.
1: Um, some other interesting things that are kind of, uh, um, related to UCLA that weren't directly involving a UCLA player, but an ASU, the ASU punter, uh, who put his name into the NFL draft and wasn't drafted. Uh, the NCA did an unprecedented thing. They granted him a waiver to allow him back at ASU, even though he had hired an agent. Uh, everyone's calling this unprecedented. And I, and I think there are no records like this, but I think it is literally unprecedented that no, this has never happened before.
0: Well, it's also the weirdest damn thing to start with. So you're talking about a red shirt, sophomore punter who left early for the NFL draft. Um, He's a punter like punters typically aren't drafted. Let alone... Specialists
1: are crazy. Dave.
0: They're nuts. Um, yeah. So he leaves early to go to the NFL draft, doesn't get drafted. Um, and then he tries to come back to school. And then because of the like, and he hired an agent, like the whole thing went, went full kit and caboodle. And then because of the pandemic is allowed to return to school. Now I think that's cool. I think they should allow that for everybody. And I think it should be even in years where there isn't a pandemic because what are we really – like are we teaching them about gambling? Like what are we trying to impart to these young people? Like what's the goal with not allowing them to return to school if they're not drafted?
1: Commitment to amateurism and working to make a billion-dollar industry a lot of money for not being paid.
0: It's insane. Um, So those kids should always be allowed to return to school and it should be fine and whatever. Um, so I think it's good. Um, and I hope that this will hopefully have other people testing that uh, particular mechanism uh, going forward.
1: That's the thing. It would be hard to test. You wouldn't want to really test it. This was a random shot that he took and he got it. But you wouldn't want to base any decisions on this. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, right now it might translate well, what's to the case? Might...
0: What, what's the case he's making? That I didn't have enough individual workouts to make a team?
1: I have, you know, what no one has specifics on it. They just know that it's pandemic related.
0: Yeah, well, okay, so, uh, but for the NCAA, what's the threshold at which they would deny it? Um, Is it missing one workout? Is it missing three workouts? Is it missing these number of interviews? Like, what's the what's the guidepost they're using? I don't know,
1: but I've heard from some people who kind of know these things that had said if you put in a waiver for anything right now, like let's say Johnny Juzang, and you say you're doing something because of the this pandemic, Johnny Juzang, I think a big part of his waiver was that he wanted to re- return home to play closer to home because of the coronavirus. I think if you say I want to, I missed out on something or this, I did not benefit from the natural benefit in any other time, uh, that I could have, but I I missed out on it because of the pandemic. You'll have a chance to be granted whatever waiver you might you might want at this point. You can't say though, you know, you're a player, you're a you're a player from Canada, and you go to you play at Florida, and you say you transfer to UCLA and you want a waiver to be immediately eligible, because he's from Ontario, Nemhard, Andrew Nemhard. I don't think Ontario is that much closer to Los Angeles. <laughs> so he wouldn't be able to go for that. But it does bring up some maybe interesting uh, scenarios when it comes to college basketball players who put their name into the NBA draft. And even though all of those deadlines were extended, when when is the – have they set a date for that? I want to say it's August now. Yes. And they're trying to get a combine in, I think. Um, but you think like uh, if Chris Smith possibly kept his name in the draft, wasn't drafted, that given this precedent, that he might have a he might have a case to say, hey, I want to return to UCLA. Why would they? If this is what Michael Turk's, the Arizona punter, if this was his basis for his waiver, how could they turn down Chris Smith?
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think they'll be, uh, <clears throat> I think a lot of them will be um, coming back to school, um, guys who miss it. So, and that would be good to see. Um, and hopefully that will further break the NCAA in the same way that the uh, name, image, and likeness stuff was, is. And uh, eventually we'll have a whole new world without the NCAA. And that'll be great. <laughs>
1: um Yes. It would be a very. We should do a whole broadcast thinking about the world without the NCAA.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's ways it would be worse. I mean, if you just replace it with a different body, it could get worse. But um, it'd probably be better. Wouldn't have as many arcane rules. They'd be right. new. They'd be new and bad rules, but not arcane.
1: Yes. Um, so then we touched on basketball recruiting. Uh, you know, kind of exciting. UCLA has 11 scholarships counted for for next season. That's counting Chris Smith. And, um, you know, it's, it's trying. It's very funny. Whenever any player comes up in the transfer portal, everyone on the board, what about this guy? And y'all need to ask yourself this question every, every time. Okay. Uh, is he a point guard or a big? Because UCLA has a lot of wings. They have is they you know they have more wings than wing stop. I've said that like 3 times.
0: Wow.
1: Not that funny. Wow. Um so is he a point guard or a big? Uh If he is a point guard is he looking is he a grad transfer that's just looking to come in, have the ball in his hands, shoot it, you know, Forty-five times a game. I mean, what is he looking for? So you've got to put your, you know, put it through those paces before y'all really consider. Because I've written the same thing over and over. Nope, not a good fit. Because this kid wants this. This kid wants this. So, but that is one part of UCLA's recruiting right now. There are still there are still very viable good players that are that are popping up in the transfer portal, and then there's Makur Maker who I wrote that uh, part of that basketball recruiting story was still probably got at least a few weeks, if not a month, to see if he qualifies, if the NCA clears him. He put in a waiver uh, without, because he hasn't graduated. He didn't graduate within eight semesters, so he put in a waiver to see if he could become NCAA qualified through the clearinghouse. Uh, if he is, and then UCLA academically admits him, there's a very good chance he could end up at UCLA. So yeah. there's that. And then the 2021 class, it's just it's just strange recruiting. Um, it's a matter of whether you feel comfortable offering players having not seen them in person. What do you think, Dave?
0: You got to get comfortable with it um, because for – at least the near future, that's still going to be the way of it. Um, Does it sound, oh, that's a good question. Does it sound at all like we're going to have anything close to a July period or even Uh, something later?
1: That's what they're saying, something later. In August, three different periods in late August, one in September and one in October, possibly.
0: That would be Um, interesting.
1: But, of course, that's always based on the fact that, you know, the situation is going to get better and everyone will be able to go out there.
0: Yeah. If I was, I mean, if I'm the staff, I, you have to get used to the idea of just, you're going to have to recruit off of tape. You're going to have to evaluate off of tape and just try to get absolutely as much as you can. Like I'd be trying to get, you know, full games of so many of these different guys and not just AAU stuff. I'd be getting full games that are high school stuff and just going full hog at it. Cause I think that's the only way you're going to be able to do it. And you just got to, I think you got to immerse yourself in it the same way you would in a gym, like not just watch highlight reels. And I don't think the coaches are just doing that, though I've known some football coaches in the past who have just recruited off of highlight tape. Um, But watch watch full games because you do get a feel from a guy also off of body language and all that kind of stuff that you don't necessarily get from a highlight reel. Um, But you have to um, because you don't know if there's going to be summer evaluation. You don't know what fall evaluation is going to look like. You don't know if there's going to be a high school basketball season. Um, you just don't know. So, um,
1: Speaking of which, this is just so amazingly timely. It was just tweeted out that uh, Nolan Hickman, uh, a four-star point guard 2021, who was from Eastside Catholic, uh, Sammamish, Washington, uh, UCLA just offered him. And I I know, and I just written that i not many people had seen Hickman in person and some were offering him off of tape. I kind of thought they you say like would because he's that good. He's it's that clear on tape that he's that good. And if you do a little bit of vetting of him, he, he is from what I hear is a good kid. So, yeah, right now, just coming out while we're discussing it, they offered Nolan Hickman.
0: So here's the – so he's a four-star on the composite. He is top 100 on 24-7 sports, uh, number four-point guard nationally, um, and is six two one eighty five 185 um, from, again, Sammamish, Washington. Sammamish. What, what's with Washington and having all these, like th- – they seem to go hard with the uh, Native American names. Like, it seems um, like they end up with, they've ended up with way more of them. Or maybe theirs are just more noticeable because they are just fun. They're kind of fun to say.
1: Are they, do you think, do you think they're, it's more common up there than, in I don't know other if it's more parts common or if
0: the words are just more noticeably, like.
1: I personally fun. think they're great. I love, yeah. they're fun. That's fun. Yeah. So, Sammamish. Sammamish. So, great. So, you know the other one that's really good is, is all the is around Wisconsin, the lakes at in Wisconsin.
0: Oh, those are really good. I like all the ones that end with Utka too. You Utka, know, Utka, yeah. like all that kind of stuff. That's really good. But yeah, the, the Wisconsin ones are great because they're also really long. You know, yeah. Some of them are like almost Polynesian names in their length. um It's great. Like what?
1: It. What is the main lake that's right in Madison? It's Lake. Uh, is Man- that- oh. I'm looking it up really quickly. God, there's so
0: many lakes. Winnebago, (laughs) Uh, Mendota.
1: Uh, I think it's Lake Monona,
0: right? Ooh, that's pretty good. Lake Monona, Lake Mendota. There's, uh, yeah, those lakes are. Chippewa.
1: These are all good. Minnehaha. It's just great names. It's great
0: It's great. We love it.
1: Um. Yeah, so Nolan Hickman. Um, interesting. <laughs> uh, obviously, Washington is gonna has been all over him. He had offers from Kansas, Oklahoma, Arizona. Uh, let's end on a little thing because I know you love talking about uh, Sean Miller. What – because from a fan standpoint, you have to be just wondering. And throw in USC basketball too. What is their pitch to a recruit?
0: Oh, um, here is a suitcase.
1: <laughs> so wait, there's a couple of things. First, their pitch is it's all just BS. It's not true. Never, nothing's ever going to happen. Everything's fine. That's what they're telling all recruits. So, I mean, if you just keep repeating that and telling them that, you know, there's a pretty good bet that a recruit – is never really what would he have to do to follow up to dispel that to find out that there is something to it? Go on the internet and read a lot, but I don't know if they're necessarily going to do their own vetting about the Arizona program, right? Probably but let's, not. Let's just think. I'll let you say it. Dave, do you think Sean Miller cheated? Uh,
0: do I think that Arizona has paid money to players to play basketball there or yes. to people around them? Yes, of course.
1: Okay, so do are they still? Uh
0: probably? Okay. I I mean, but like again, uh, uh, all cards on the table for me. Uh I think everybody is, more or less. Um okay, and but I, there's I, and I think it's up. and I think it's a good thing. But yeah, I think Arizona is probably one of the more prevalent ones. Certainly. Um, you know, I think you could name some other names that are also probably pretty, you know, on the uh on the generous side, we'll say, you know, I think Sean Miller, I know he, he's a competitive
1: guy. He's a competitive coach. He wants to win coaching basketball, but I think he could, think he could make a lot of money with a book and selling movie rights because man can sell. I would love, I think so many people are really, interested in what goes on behind the scenes and what has gone on behind the scenes. And currently like right now with Sean Miller at Arizona.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He also seems like he's coming a little bit loose um, at the screws. That's part of
1: the element of his character in the movie. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Like just there's, yeah, there's some real, real things. Who who plays Sean Miller? Hmm. (sighs) Kind of weird bug eyes. Um, let me see. Let me see if inspiration strikes me when I look at a picture of him right now.
1: It would have been Sean Penn, like what ten years ago, maybe.
0: Yeah, just not a fat enough face.
1: Um, it's kind of hard. There's no one that really nails it. I, I got to think, think you, about I that.
0: think you'd end up with like um. You know what it would be? It would be like a a Joaquin Phoenix going very, very, very like um, method.
1: I can't get the Joker out of my mind now with Joaquin.
0: I think that's what it would be. He'd, he'd gain <laughs> he'd gain a little bit of weight, and he would get like kind of those demented smiles that Sean Miller gets going. That's who I'm envisioning right now. I'm looking at a okay. picture of him just kind of smiling at a press conference. And it looks like the uh the, the sweet smile of Joaquin Phoenix hiding some madness behind his eyes. Okay.
1: Face. Okay. I I think I don't know if he necessarily does it well physically, but I think as an actor
0: he he could do it. Yeah. I think he'd nail the part. I Nailed think he'd apart. nail the part. It could be like a really interesting like Aronofsky film, you know, about the addiction of winning.
1: There, oh, there's so much there. I think, and I think we're interested in it, and we only know the surface.
0: But think about the tragedy. Think about the tragedy of Sean Miller, right? Just so addicted to winning, so addicted to it that you're, you know, uh, we're not going to say cheating. We're not going to say that. That's not a word that I'm interested in using right here. But let's say you're just bending some rules, right? So addicted to it, and you never make a Final Four. Like what a tragedy, right? Yeah. Poor guy.
1: Matt Damon, like a really a really kind of intense, manic Matt Damon.
0: You know, I could see Matt Damon doing that. He'd have to dye his hair. Um,
1: I think Matt Damon. I think Matt Damon would pull that off.
0: Matt Damon could pull it off. Um, you know, uh, Hanks fifteen years ago. Hanks fifteen years ago. Yeah, Hanks but, fifteen years ago as like a dramatic role that he's willing to do would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm going with Matt Damon.
0: Yeah, Matt Damon's good. I like it. Gary Oldman
1: would be great. <sighs> Gary Oldman would be. He'd lend some different so I'm looking dimensions.
0: at so I'm looking at a picture of Sean Miller right now screaming, and I'm yeah. imagining the Gary Oldman um, scream in The Professional, where he's screaming, "Everyone!" And it looks like what I'm looking at right now of Sean See?
1: Miller. There you go.
0: Yeah. Just Gary Oldman, one of
1: those actors that just is a complete chameleon.
0: And the weird thing about Gary Oldman is, that I think he's been forty for um, like seventy-five years. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's he's an amazing actor. One of my favorite movies. Well, I am a big Winston Churchill guy. So, wow, that movie uh, was one of my favorites the last couple of years. And he was he was phenomenal as Churchill.
0: Yeah, he was good. Mumbly. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right.
1: I guess that's I guess that's
0: it. Maybe Russell Crowe? <laughs> Russell Crowe could pull it off.
1: I think he could. I think he could.
0: Yeah, you uh, need somebody with some some menace to them. Yeah.
1: Maybe maybe Leo. A- you've
0: you've sat in a press conference where Sean Miller gets intense, right? Yeah. It's a little unnerving.
1: It, it very much is. It's yes. like,
0: ooh, I don't, I don't necessarily want to be here right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I see the typical casting would be like Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. But I really think Matt Damon, this is, this is where he wins his Oscar.
0: The Sean Miller experience. <laughs>
1: yes. Plumbing, call- plumbing the depths of Sean Miller's psyche.
0: What would you call that movie? I got to think. Would it just be wildcat? (laughs) Okay.
1: I really like that. I'm very, okay. We got to end this because people are really bored now, but I'm really (laughs) into the titles of movies because there's so much that you can do with the title of a movie that gives the movie so much nuance to mention and everything. And people have abandoned good movie titles. I mean, they just have. It used to be better back in the heyday of Hollywood, where they came up with some. If you look at the names of movies back in the 20s and 30s, they were excellent. Now they're just horrible. Some of the worst, like one name movies that just are, are horrible. So, yeah, give me a chance. But Wildcat, kind of, you kind of don't know what it's about as much. But let me think about that. That's good. We'll do that next week.
0: Okay, good, good, good. All right. Well, If that's all, I think that's all. I hope you guys are all staying safe out there. Uh, For Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods. Burn Report Online, UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And we'll talk to you again next time.
1: Stay safe, everyone.